What is up, everyone, and welcome to the 100th episode of the Slab Stocks Live Show. That's right. It's been over two years since we started the Slab Stocks Live Show here on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we are on our 100th episode. So thanks, Nate, for coming to so many of them, and uh, everyone, thank you for coming to so many of them if you've been coming this whole time. Uh, pretty impressive to stick with us for that long. That means a lot, and we're excited to celebrate with uh, the only way possible, which is using community um, suggestions and responses to a question of sports card market hot takes as of today. So, Nate, how about episode 100? Can't believe we made it here. Also, question. Yeah. Two years of episodes would be a episode 104, would it not? Oh, yeah. Sorry, 104, I meant. You're right. You're right. Not quite two years. Okay, we're very close to two years. So, there's potential that, you know, week here, week there, maybe off for a holiday or something. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much hit it to the T, but you're right. It, it is just about a full two years. Um, but episode 100, pretty cool regardless. And uh, excited to run today's episode and uh, talk with you all about these sports card hot takes. Because as you can see right here from the uh, cover photo, the one on the right by Nate, there's a pretty spicy take in here. Pretty spicy take about some Anthony Edwards and Michael Jordan uh, rookie card talks. So we'll have to uh, look at that and talk about that when the time comes. So. Pretty excited to be to be doing this episode, though. Uh, before we get into the sports card hot takes, of course, we're going to look at the PWCC weekly auction from last night. And there were some monsters here to sell on our podium uh, in the auction number 35. So leading the way at number one, Lamar Jackson's gold vinyl PSA 9 with the authentic auto. Sold for ne nearly $17,000. And then Jordan Alvarez's 2018 Bowman Chrome Red Auto and Max Verstappen's 2020 Topps Chrome F1 Refractor Auto at 52 both sold for 15600 Now, the early indication for which was the best bang for the buck, I'm not super surprised about with the Lamar leading at 58%. I think to see probably one of his you know best single prism cards made, although you know, non-auto versus auto is a whole debate in, in and of itself. Um, I got to think that if that was a non-auto, it was sold for more, just how prism goes. Um, but uh, yeah, people were very excited about Lamar <laughs> after that big game. And Jordan also said, how much did Lamar's game yesterday assist with his gold vinyl auction? I would have to say a lot. I mean, a PSA 10, uh, which is the only other copy of this card. So basically, the PSA 10 would be instantly the best card of the gold vinyl ever made um, versus a PSA 9 with authentic auto. So for 24 grand in August, I know $7,000 is a lot of money. But at the same time, normally you see PSA 10 premiums go for more than, you know, 20% of the card value or whatever. It would, no, sorry, 50% of the card value or whatever it end up, ends up being. Uh, Nate, did that? Did you think that game yesterday definitely helped this this value get up to 17k? I do. Um, I think mainly because they barely lost to a, a what I assume is going to be a good Dolphins team and a, a game in which Tua played out of his mind. You know, it took it took a, a perfect perfect fourth quarter to beat Lamar Jackson. Um, I think people are going to notice that and not really consider them one and one. And I think Lamar Jackson is back up there. Jordan says, if you own the card, would you keep it with authentic auto or have it re-slabbed? Um, it's an interesting point. I mean, the fact that the card is graded already means that the autograph is authentic because they wouldn't grade the card if it was a fake auto. Um, So to put the authentic auto there is a little interesting because at that point you're almost just, conceding to the fact that's not a 10 autograph if otherwise you would just would have had it slabbed as a 10 you know went with the auto numerical grade i don't think it has that much of an effect on a card number dot two you know you start looking at maybe bowman chrome base autos and then maybe it's got to affect something like that 
but I don't think it really affects the card so much. Uh, BLK, hope all is well, guys, and we hope all is well with you too. Uh, Dennis says, baseball market is way down. Why would Soto be down? Uh, Nate, really quick synopsis with my Soto cards might be down so much right now. And the next slide actually talks about baseball specifically. Um, well, for starters, the Padres have been pretty bad. And for seconds, Soto has been pretty bad. Before <clears throat> yesterday's game in which he had a double, a single, and a home run, he had like a 706 OPS at, with the Padres. Uh, you can you can see why Soto would be down. I mean, the the excitement of a new team propped it up for a while, but disappointing season is a disappointing season. Definitely. Not to say he can't bounce back, though. I mean, we've seen Mookie Betts go through disappointing seasons and Aaron Judge with injuries and stuff and really bounce back in a big way. Aaron and Nate, which of the three do you think is the best value? Um, Best value, I... It's tough. I mean, Lamar has a poor rest of the season, and you're going to see, I think, trend down value. I got to think from a security standpoint, I mean, buying the Max is a pretty safe and secure purchase in my mind, um, just with how dominant Red Bull is, and Max seems to be, you know, unstoppable as a driver along with that. It's a great pairing for, you know, wins and stuff. Not necessarily a fan myself, but just seems to be the safest of the bunch. Nate, what about you? I mean, safest, definitely first stop, and who's going to catch him this year? Who's probably going to catch him in the next 10 years? You know, well, depending on how the development goes, could be some people, but at least in the next couple of years. But, but from a value standpoint, you know, Jordan on the Astros, people don't really like him. I don't know how much that can go up, even if they win a World Series. Yeah. For stopping, I feel like championships already baked in. That's facts. Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, he wins a championship. Right. So for me, if it's only $1,200 more, if I'm saying which one do I think can gain the most value, it's 100% the Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. The def might not even be the risky. Actually, it might be the riskiest. Uh, you know, Jordan might be kind of safe just to put numbers in year in and year out, and maybe you know we'll see what happens there with the Astros fandom. But uh, definitely, you know, Lamar has got the highest potential. Um, although the Max also could have huge potential too, depending on how hot the F1 market either keeps getting or, or gets over the next three years. So I think both would be a good bet. Uh, worth buying Tatis is free fall. So this question is posed because his 2016 Bowman Chrome Gold Refractor Auto 9510 just sold for $11,700 last night, which is the lowest it's been in quite some time. It topped out at like $46,000 for that card, and it was as recent as in July, a $31,000 card. After the PED suspension, you're looking at $11,700. What is that? That's like a minus 60-some percent drop in the last two months alone. And uh, early indication from our Instagram poll says it is worth buying the Tatis free fall, given that this is quite a large amount of value that's been lost. Nate, do you think it's worth the risk in this case, or is it more worth the risk in like, uh, oh, card drops from $1,000 to $400? Um, well, every time, okay, PEDs aside, every time Tatis has stepped onto a baseball field, he's done insane things that we haven't ever seen. Because uh, of the PEDs? <laughs> I don't know. Taking up, Taking up from second to home on, you know, fly outs, that type of stuff. Uh, huge home runs. I mean, it's all exciting. And he's a very exciting player. So, yeah, the PED thing stinks. <clears throat> I don't think it's because of PEDs. I don't think you start that that young, and he was really good in the minors that young. I think it's probably because he was trying to get healthy. Um, And I would say that, I mean, he's going to step back on a field. He's probably going to be exciting again. If I had eleven thousand seven hundred dollars and I was willing to risk it, I mean, that's pretty. That's that's a huge, huge price cut. Yeah, that is. I mean, 
That is a lot of value, value loss, some of which might be able to be made up, as we saw with Alex Rodriguez within two years uh, on one of his cards specifically. I think it's like the SP rookie, PSA 10. The value was made up in two years. Uh, Nate, PD is a side, but where would you choose to to tease of starting a franchise today? Let's say, like, you know, would he be in your top five even? Or way too risky? Uh, that's a bit risky. Top 10? Yeah, he ha- well, he hasn't proven, you know... He's a great player, but he hasn't proven that he is he is mature. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't know if you're getting you don't know if you're getting 100 games, 160 games, 20 games. Um, you know you don't know if he's going to be out riding his motorcycle instead of whatever is is in his contract. You know, so it's 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 one of those things where I I would eventually the value would get low enough where I'd have to choose. You know, mm-hmm. um, right. but I definitely think there's a point where like. If you told me Tatis or Jordan, yeah, Tatis plays shortstop, but I would choose Jordan right. um, because I know he's going to be playing. Gotcha. Last thing to look at here, better deal from last night's $100 section. Uh, Nate, kind of fun graphic here because I end up with two Detroit players, both at $84, um, DeAndre Swift and Riley Green. Uh, better deal, Nate, at $84, a PSA 6 checker of DeAndre Swift or SGC 1010 Bowen's best Riley Green auto. What do you think? Oof. I mean. Yeah, got to be the green. I mean, a PSA 6, even if it is short print. All right. Well, well, long term green. If I wanted to flip it in the next two months, okay, guaranteed Swift. You know, okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's fair to have two different reasons to buy a card. All right, and now we are very quickly jumping into the hot takes from this question that we posed to everyone. Literally, just said submit your hot take on the sports card market, and we're going to talk through a bunch of them today. And we want you all to give your hot takes in the comments as well as we're going throughout the stream. We can pull them up and talk about them for a little bit uh, if you do drop a hot take in the comments. Otherwise, we will be walking through these ones that were submitted by Instagram. And then if you have any thoughts on the ones that were submitted by Instagram, please let us know in the comments as well. The first one from Austin Collects. Austin, we appreciate the honesty. Um, people need to stop calling cards investments, quote, and y'all definitely don't help it. Laughing emojis. <laughs> Is it a hot take, though? I don't know. I mean, it's a take. I mean, usually hot takes are like, I think DeAndre Swift's the best running back in the NFL. This is just him asking asking people to stop. <laughs> is that a take? I suppose you could just rephrase <laughs> it and make it a hot take either way. Either you way, the, thought, the thoughts is still the same, that sports cards are not investments, I guess you could say, or should not be seen as investments, um, and that we do not help the cause being named slab stocks and posting charts on cards and market discussions and all that stuff hosting slab sacks lives talking about the market uh but nate what do you have for us this looks like a dictionary uh, definition yeah so we grabbed the definition of investment the action or process of investing money for profit or material result and basically the next slide i have the s p 500 which everyone would know is seen as an investment yep nice growth since 2004 with ups and downs and then you have the card ladder 50 since 2004 Huge growth with ups and downs in there as well. Yep. So either both of these aren't investments or both are investments. One or the other. And so, like, I understand people that are I look, I get I get collecting cards in card beauty. Aaron asked me yesterday about a Tua Tega Viola or Tunga Viola uh card with a Nike patch, and I didn't like it because the Nike patch was downwards instead of sideways. And it's like one of those things where we get we get the idea of collecting, but also, um, they uh, I feel like people turn investing into like this evil thing that only evil people do, 
And that's not the case. And remember, a lot of people use the investing and the buying and the grading and the flipping and the turning cards over between off-seasons, in-season, injuries, all that stuff to then fund their collection at the same time. I mean, I have a giant stack of Yelich just like in the room behind me here that I hope to get on the wall, you know, framed here pretty soon type of thing. Like I put together a really big Master Sev 2018 Heritage stuff. Along the way, have I bought and sold and bopes and stuff like that because of investment purposes? Absolutely. Uh, you can definitely do both and cards are definitely not one or the other um, they're for sure both and it just depends on how you want to interact with it is really what it comes down to yep although i do appreciate the comment because i feel like not everyone go out there and just say that but i, I appreciate austin for uh, the honesty it's true all right next <laughs> one is from doug doug lady two non-associated patch cards need to stop along with the 1000 different parallels it looks like nate grabbed us a couple different patch card backs here one from spectra one from immaculate i think that is Yes, sir. One from 2019, one from 2020, and you can see here, it's just the little section down there. The enclosed player-worn, keyword there, or used material and autograph are guaranteed by Panini, and then Lamello's. The enclosed officially licensed material, no player-worn anywhere in there, is not associated with any specific game, player game or event. And um, <clears throat> that's the... Uh, I definitely agree with Doug. Like, the idea of at least for me personally, the idea of a RPA or an auto uh, most of the time is said player touched said thing, you know, and, you know, player touch Jersey player touch card to autograph it. If you have neither game worn nor sometimes an on-card auto. Or, or, or even player worn for that standpoint, like, Basically, player worn means that these rookies wore them at photo shoots before the season started and wanted to still get the warm. cards in production. What? Still warm. Exactly. Still wore them. So, like that John Morant, you know, in 2019, you see it says player worn. Very, very, very big switch in the language when it goes to the Lamella ball. Now, you can say, you know, what you want about, you know, the COVID happening between these two cards, but also you still see this today with a lot of different cards. With 2021, I went and checked Josh Giddy just in case, and he was yeah. the same thing. And, and I'm assuming. Um, now, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but just thought process is well, how much cheaper is it just to grab a random rack of Thunder jerseys or Hornets jerseys type of deal? Um, and, you know, game worn isn't going to be for every card either, you know, for for rookies for 2019. And, you know, John Morant, that really only appears in Flawless, which does make those things very valuable. I mean, it's because they did get game worn jerseys in there. Uh, but even for veterans, too, it's it, I I'd have to go and look, you know, and sometimes you see the not associated um, type of language, but um. Basically, you know, game-worn, player-worn is really where it's at, uh, at least for me. And then as for 1,000 different parallels, I have to agree. I mean, sometimes it just – I mean, not sometimes. It just gets overkill. <laughs> After a while, when you look at a new checklist for a new product, you compare it to the previous year's product, and you see I don't know, four more parallels or five new parallels. And now Prism Rainbows are up to, I don't know, like 70 different parallels or something like that. Even, you know, even it, one it, a year, you know? 10 years down the line, you've got 10 new parallels. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that you start to look at it. And then you start to question, well, what's the difference between this one, between that one, between the other one and all that stuff. And then you start to question, well, is there really any value to it? You know, if they're all just different slaps of uh, uh, animal prints on it or whatever it might be. Um, and I guess, you know, you look back at 2012 prism Panini basketball and you, you see, silver green and gold and all of them had different purpose gold out of 10 are the only serial number cards in the set green are the only retail 
parallel in the set. Silver are hobby exclusive. Like those three make a lot of sense. I think there should be different value. I think all three should have a lot of value to them because of that. Uh, when you start to just like, you know, put all these different things in there, it gets pretty yeah, confusing it too fast. Yeah, waters and, and I mean the concept of changing the border color of a thing and making it more rare is already kind of at least for me pushing the boundaries of acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, then, and then doing it over and over and over and over and over again is, is brutal. And then, and then there's certain reasons though. Like I was talking about 2012 prism, like baseball. I understand it. Bowman Chrome, you know, longevity parallels, blue, red, orange, gold. Those are longevity Bowman Chrome parallels. So they all carry a lot of value, especially over their different counterparts, orange waves and that type of stuff. Um, but once you get into like all the different random stuff, then I start to get like Nate, you know, like, oh man, you know, all this is kind of interesting. Uh, Cause I still think that there should be difference in value based on those like very collectible longevity type of things, not necessarily the new honeycomb print. Quick question for you. Yeah. From a tops Chrome perspective. So obviously there's supposedly, <coughs> you know, the, the short print um, tops Chrome, Bobby Witts, Julio Rodriguez, CJ Abrams, Hunter Green, and, uh, Spencer Torkelson, yeah. how would you feel if every rookie was a short print base? There just wasn't that many base um, to begin with, and then and then most most sets are built up with um, uh, just vets. It'd be hard and to then, a, it'd be hard to complete a set, but it would make rookie cards super valuable if the base variation was say short printed to three hundred or something. <laughs> would you also say that there would be like, you know, longevity type of parallels included in the set or no parallels at all? I well, I think I think parallels would still have to be had, but yeah. <clears throat> there's at least I'm at least somewhat interested in, you know, just base rookies not being abundant. I I think it'd be interesting. Um you still want people to be able to get their hands on rookie cards because that does drive you know collecting in general people wanting to get each rookie at least an even as aspect of if they spend two dollars on one but i think what would be interesting is looking at making like the main rookie the short print and then the rookie debut the mass rookie that people can get i mean you already have the rookie debut set up the structure for it because these players debut in the mlb and then they get that card why isn't that you know just like the the big print of them type of <clears throat> which i think yeah. would be more interesting that would be cool Crispy, you're actually worth something. Yeah, that's true. Crispy cards, tops holiday is underrated. Now, this is one I did not expect to pop up in here. I've heard it in the past because specifically in 2018, Ronald Acuna's holiday rookie, I believe, was the same image as his bat down. I'd have to check that to be sure. Um, Nate, I don't know if you know off the top of your head. I don't. But I, I do think that uh, the the holiday 18 of Acuna is the bat down. And then that, I guess it spills over to Crispy bringing up this, you know, uh, maybe this hot take here. And then Nate finding a couple rookie autograph uh, numbers for the holiday, which, you know, pretty expensive. 2018 Otani, three grand. And uh, 2018 holiday on Soto, number out 20, PSA 9, 2.75K. However, Soto, number out 20, you know, that's pretty cheap. Yeah, I was going to, I was, that was going to be my take is <clears throat> I know it's a stickerado and uh, I don't love them, but. Out of twenty, I mean, for twenty-seven fifty of a rookie auto, it's, 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 it seems pretty cheap. So I, I'm, I tend to agree with Crispy. I mean, it's not my cup of tea. 
I'm not walking into Target and buying a Topps Holiday Mega Box, but um, there are they are pretty undervalued. I do think it's a little bit gim- gimmicky putting like snowflakes on the borders and stuff. But yeah, the gimmicky thing is definitely what holds it back. Uh, I think Space Moose. This is interesting. This is related to the patch hot take about uh, the the non game worn type of deal. Non game worn cards should be treated the same as printed autos on cards. Now this is interesting. You know, if you see a facsimile auto on a card, you say to yourself, <clears throat> "This this isn't the real deal." You know, it's not the real deal. It's not actually signed. Why not say the same thing to yourself if it's a patch that doesn't you know associate with being game worn or even player worn as we brought up? Uh, I think that's it's a great cool. point. Uh. S uh, Shin says, "Sad because when you hit a low number logo slash name patch, that's not game worn. It just hits different compared to high numbered player slash game worn patch." Yeah, I mean, I've seen some insane immaculate twenty twenty one rookie patches where it's like the head of the bangle. First of all, I'm not even sure if there's like a head of the bangle on the Bengals jersey. So that's like from like a I don't know a Letterman jacket or something like that. Um, and then Bazooka Tom, I have always felt that that way with autographs why is an orange auto of someone worth more than a blue auto when an auto is an auto a number on a card doesn't change the autograph that's facts i mean you add them together and there's 175 blue and orange autos yeah a smaller percentage of them are orange than orange and blue but that's still a sought after auto which i think is a good point you know if you're on a budget like go for the blue auto <laughs> yeah go for the base auto if you're on a budget <laughs> true <laughs> uh still an auto from D Callo, PMGs are the most overrated cards in the universe. Funny, uh, I don't know if that's supposed to be a pun, but it is from the Metal Universe sets that PMGs come from. And I will agree and disagree with this hot take here. Uh, Nate's got the graph of Michael Phelps up here, the PSA 9 from the 2013 employee exclusive. Uh, $500 was the starting price for that thing back. When was that, Nate? 2021. Um, yeah. And then by 2022, it hit. Three grand, three point five, not something like two point five for the PSA nine Phelps. Um, I will agree that the employee exclusive PMGs are a tad overrated. I know it's the only place you can get a Phelps PMG, but it's not like that. These things are pack pulled off sets that came out of high end sets or super tough to pull. You know, someone got them as an employee and then they made them in the market or made it out into the market, and now it's a card. I get that there's still rarity tied to it, but um, and then I'll agree on a second point is that. I do think even though as much as I was enjoying acquiring hockey PMGs and grading them and then end up selling them and stuff like that with the market getting hot, um, modern PMGs, unless it's like, I guess, the first iteration of maybe like 2012 retro for uh, hockey or something like that, which are pretty cool. They're not the 1997 real deal. I think the 97 PMGs are valuable and should be valuable for a reason because they've been collected for a long time and they're tough to pull and they're sick. But I understand where where uh, decal is coming from. Maybe someone else can leave their thoughts on PMGs in the comments, or Nate, you can provide your thoughts too. I I don't really have any. Yeah, I guess PMGs the only other thing out of my way out of my uh, realm of having collected or having thought about collected or yeah. Anything like that. The only thing that I would say would be uh, the whole Marvel PMGs. You know, they've made many many different iterations of those up to this point, and they are still coming out with new Marvel Skybox sets. Um, and then they also just released this new non-licensed Skybox <laughs> Metal Universe set with like LeBron wearing like random street clothes. PMG oh, I saw the uh, Sabrina. Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a Coco Golf PMG, which I actually actually think is kind of cool, but uh, that. You know, a lot of them are are kind of interesting looking and don't look that great in my opinion. And 
might not be worth exactly what they're selling for. In my opinion, only I know other people can can disagree. Um, all right, next one here. F one is extremely undervalued. This is from Ryan Ress. So it looks like they pulled the 2020 Tops Chrome Purple F399 PSA 10 of Lewis Hamilton for $4,500 last night on the weekly auction. And then a BGS 9 of the Messi 2014 Prison World Cup, number 99 Purple uh, for $4,500 within the last month. Allow hey, me to... I was going to say, talk talk me through this. Allow me to explain my reasoning here. Um, So obviously, the, the can you hear me? All right, just super frozen on my end. Uh, the Lewis Lewis Hamilton PSA 10 <clears throat> is uh, his first year tops Chrome card, even though he's not. It's not a rookie, so I wanted to grab something that was a first year card that wasn't a rookie, um, which led me to uh, Lionel Messi um, 2014 Prism. Obviously, he's been around for a long time. Not a rookie, kind of similar. I I feel like similar kind of vein of what's going on here. And obviously, out of 99 is not anywhere close to 399, but a BGS 9 isn't anywhere close to a PSA 10. So I was kind of hoping that it'd be a little bit close in comparison and just be like, all right, you know, you think you think F1 is undervalued. Well, let's look at another set that is a first year set. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on the right track or anything. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, you're looking at Topps Chrome versus Panini Prism, and and with these two first year sets, you're not going to get the direct numbering equivalents because one's a Panini release and one's a Topps release. Now, if you looked at 2017 Topps Chrome for Soccer Champions League, that also is released three years later, and more people would argue, you know, this 2014 Panini Prism is Messi's, you know, first iteration of a modern card, uh, like the Lewis and everything like that. So I, I agree, Nate. It's kind of hard to find a direct one to one comparison. Um, but the only thing I'd say is that soccer, uh, I've gotten questions in the past, Aaron, you know, F1 or soccer long term. I'll, first off, I'd say both. Um, I guess if you had to make me pick, I have to think about it a little bit longer. But all I have to say is that for F1, very few amount of drivers involved, very few amount of important cards that will go for a long time, long term and grow, in my opinion. But for soccer, football, there's a lot more cards available there's a lot more cards i'd say that are like quote unquote investable um then with f1 you're looking at like tops chrome sapphire first year and then dynasty and the rest i think is like you know you can buy and flip it here and there but from like a true long-term like really important aspect i think 2020 is where it's at um and then uh soccer there's just way more players and way more and there's a lot of races, you know, like 23 in a year, 22 in a year. But there's a lot more matches that are played throughout the year. Just in the Premier League season, there's 38. And then on top of all the international play, all the different stuff, you know, there's just a lot more action, I'd say. Um, but they both serve a really important purpose. The only thing I'd have to say about F1 is that, like, there are is a ton of money involved in the sport itself from the fans itself. Like, to go to an F1 race, it's very expensive. To get high-level access to an F1 race, it's very expensive. There's a lot more availability to attend soccer matches and to pay – not as much money at all versus F1 where I could see what you're saying. If you're like, Oh, the overall F1 fan base is loaded and maybe it hasn't touched them yet. So maybe that, you know, that could be the perspective. And obviously I'm a huge F1 fan myself. Just went to the Netherlands race and pretty much agree with Ryan's take. Um, but, but you know, I think that both are important in my eyes. Now I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. So F1 is extremely undervalued. I mean that that includes all F1 cards, including 2021. Um, so do you <clears throat> do you think it's 
are you telling me that it's just 2020 that would be undervalued or do you think 2021 is also I think it depends on what it is. I think the autographs from 2021 are pretty affordable for Topps Chrome when you look at how many autos are out there of each driver. Um, but I just think that the 2020 Topps, 2021 Topps Chrome falls a bit into the, you know, too much out there, just like all the parallels in basketball and the, like football retail, that select football retail when that exploded. And I don't even think it's kind of gotten to that point yet where it's up to like the select football retail that just blew up the overall production. I think we'll get to that point here soon with F1, it's like a 2022 release. Um, but yeah, I do think you know where the be- where the best value is is still in 2020, even if it is more expensive. Just so many people are going to be attached to that first year set. Okay. This I would say would be the hottest of the hot takes when Nate was saying like that DeAndre Swift is the MVP or something like that. Like that'd be a hot take. Like this is a hot take right here from Ryan's son. Uh, Ant Man's Prism rookie card will beat 86 Fleer MJ rookie card in a few decades. Nate, let us hear what we have to see here. Well, let it be known that I was. I was at least compassionate um, because I was tempted to grab a prism base because he didn't specify yeah, uh, <clears throat> and put a prism base up there. Uh, BGS nine compared to a Fleer rookie B or a Fleer 86 BGS nine, but I didn't do that. I went and grabbed at least a decent one. So Mojo out of 25 BGS nine sold May 9th for $6,100 BGS nine Fleer sold for 11,750. So, <clears throat> at least from the outside looking in, he has somewhat of a point. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he had a couple good years. This was over $11,750. But we're talking about a car that only has 25 copies compared to a, P- a BGS 9 that is probably a pop of 1000 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like thousand something. And then obviously all the PSA 9s, all the PSA 8s. Like there's like 7,000 PSA 8s or something like that, you know. 20,000 in the PSA pop report in general. Um, now, beat, the, the word beat is kind of a hard term to, to decipher here. Are we saying it's going to beat it from an iconic perspective? Is it going to beat it from a value perspective? Or what? I don't know what it is. But either way, I mean, yeah, hot take. Uh, it will take a, a very you know low-numbered uh, Anthony Edwards card. To sell for more than the best yeah. MJ rookie, I and, guess you and then you could Andrew find Robert. you could find a number of non MJ rookies that would beat that Anthony Edwards rookie. Yeah, definitely. And uh, will this come true? Probably not. But Ryan definitely has got a hot take for us at least in this episode. That is true. <laughs> Nate, what about this one? This one I think is uh, pretty interesting here, actually. Yeah. So Dub says Joe Burrow will never make another Super Bowl. And will be a Kirk Cousins in five to six years. And all I have to say to that, regardless of stats, regardless of anything, <coughs> you look at the guy on the left up top. You're going to tell me that that guy is going to be playing as well as the guy in the bottom in five to six years. I don't believe it. There is too much swag going on in the picture above to become the guy in the bottom right hand corner. No chance. <laughs> You think you think Joe Burrow's confidence is going to take him above that Kirk Cousins level? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Professional athletes, from what I hear, not one of them, obviously. Uh, <laughs> confidence, overconfidence, cockiness. If you're not cocky, you're probably not successful, right? You know, or you're middling, or this or that. Joe Burrow has confidence oozing out of him. Yeah, I, I would I would go with the uh, confidence one versus the cocky one because I think we know a guy here local to Milwaukee that is more of the uber confident and not the uber cocky. Giannis. 
Oh. And Giannis is doing everything but middling the pack. I'll say that much. But mm-hmm. I, I do see what you're saying. Um, now, it's something to be said, though. I mean, first of all, Kirk Cousins uh, hasn't made a Super Bowl. So I think right there it's already different. Uh, but five to six years down the line, you know, you look at Kirk Cousins' last season and he's top five in passer rating. Joe Burrow could be top five in passer rating five to six years down the line. But is he going to be like one of those guys to where they're very desired? You know, Kirk Cousins is not very desired in the overall market landscape. You never know which quarterbacks pop up in the next five to six years. You never know how big of an impact Mahomes, Allen, or Herbert have on the overall football landscape to where is Joe Burrow the one that's left in the dust? I don't know. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that this hot take is not as outlandish as uh, maybe maybe some people think. And Space Moose as another hot take. He won't even be considered as good as Kirk Cousins, let I'll alone what, ever make the Super Bowl. If he doesn't get an offensive line that can keep him upright, then he won't have a long playing career anyways. He yeah, that is true. Five to six years if he keeps, <laughs> keeps getting sacked 40 times a year. Now, just imagine, I mean, I know this is kind of impossible from how, like, a draft would shake out, but just imagine Burrow behind, like, a Colts offensive line, which I don't know how good it is right now. I haven't watched many Colts games, but, you know, I know a Colts offensive line has been hailed as pretty effective. You didn't lose 24 to nothing against the Jags? You had something else better to do? Yeah, I did, actually, unfortunately. (laughs) If the Bengals can fix the O-line, they will be tough to stop. Joe Burrow is a real deal, in my opinion, from ballparking. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow's talent is pretty is not it's not questioned um the success given the offensive line might be questioned and they went for receivers over linemen i mean no question about it they did and it paid off to get into the super bowl one year but will it help get them back is the is the next question and it should be noted that at least part of me thinks that they probably got a little bit lucky um yeah i thought the same last year you know mm-hmm. but Just stuff falls right yeah but still, that doesn't take away from the fact that they still made it there. Yeah. You make it there once, <clears throat> you have you have that feather in your cap. Um, and yeah, that's brutal. On pace for 111 sacks. I mean, that guy might not make it through the season. Yeah, Dave says double from last year. That's that's. I mean, I know it's only two games through the season, so you could you know you can take those paces out pretty far. You know, maybe they give up one sack the next few weeks, and then it's way different. But you never know. I mean, it has not been good so far. Global Sports Car Investor says, Good day there, my American amigos. Hope you are all safe and well. And same back to you, Global Sports Car Investor. Thanks for coming once again. I'm sure Global Sports Car Investor, speaking of 100 episodes, I'm sure Global Sports Car Investor has been here either since the number one or like the first few. I remember you being around here for a long time. So thank you, Global Sports Car Investor and Dave, too. And anyone else that's been in here for that long of a time. And everyone who's here tonight, too, joining now for the next 100 episodes. Uh, you really you really dug yourself a hole and started trying to dig right back out of it. I try to dish all the thank yous around because I started to name one after another and so I can't leave anyone out. Browse for days. Baker Mayfield is not that guy. He's a solid five to seven wins per year guy. Next. And this is his 2018 Prism Silver Auto PSA 9 here, which as soon as last year was upwards of $1,000, which is a crazy number. And then it dropped down to 200 and now it bounced back to around 300. But uh, Nate, Two weeks into the season, 0 for 2 or 0 and 2 for the Panthers. And I hear yesterday was not exactly his fault, though. Uh, I heard he had some drops. That being said, <clears throat> um, I don't really think this is a hot take, per se, uh, saying Baker, Phil- Baker Mayfield is not that guy, considering the Browns cast him off for a fifth round pick and uh, his 
card is currently on this trajectory, I think a lot of people agree with Browse for Days. Yeah, I'd have to say the same. Although I guess Browse for Days might be going after a couple of people that spent a lot of money in Baker Mayfield cards. I think the most expensive Baker to ever sell was that NT Logo Shield that sold for $133,000, $110,000 uh, last October. Car Ladder estimated value has got that thing at $33,000 today. Woof. Also, shout out to Carlyer Pro for providing all the data for this live stream and all the other live streams we do. Um, and that space says that's too common of a take to be considered hot. Yes, does not fall into it. It would have been a much more hotter take if he had said Baker Mayfield is that guy. He's <laughs> going to lead a team to the Super Bowl eventually, or or hey, he was AFC NFC Championship game. He was he was quite close to leading them to the Super Bowl. He's quite <laughs> close. Uh, the Browns it is. His wickedness, early Holland is still way undervalued. Um, this one is in the hot take slash not hot take. And there's a lot of people out there who are clearly recognizing early Holland's scoring ability in the Premier League specifically coming from the Bundesliga and sees that the record can be broken this year, like us, as we snagged this black refractor number out 15 BGS 8.5 Holland um, for a nice deal at 37.20 on last week's uh, Flip Quest episode. And in the same episode, one ended up signed for 5,200. So we were quite lucky. Um, with getting our purchase price there. Uh, but and then on the flip side, you know, there's gonna be people who are gonna say, um, you know, one injury away from not breaking the record this year, which is kind of true. You know, you take away the or you take you if he gets injured, but he might that what? is true about every single athlete that's ever stepped on any field ever or any yeah. court. That's my rebuttal. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> um, I like it. And then but then the other one that I think that has a much more uh valid, you know, reason to say that he's overvalued potentially is that he won't be playing the World Cup. So come to November. You know, you're going to be watching, you know, France try to make a back-to-back World Cup run with Mbappe, uh, Brazil with Neymar, Vinicius, Gabriel Jesus, those guys trying to win a World Cup. Uh, shout, Messi, out, shout out Brazil. I'm a Brazil <laughs> fan for this year. There you go. They're fun They're fun to watch, man, those Brazilian players. They're really good. Rodrigo and everyone. Um, and, then, uh, and then you've got, you know, Messi, who's going to try to win his first World Cup ever, and Holland will have none of that action. Uh, it's a valid, definitely a valid argument. It's just, do you value what he's doing from a club perspective and the fact that the World Cup pool is expanding come 2026 and Norway has a potential chance to definitely make the World Cup and then compete? And if Holland's on that stage at that point, um, after doing things like maybe breaking the Premier League goal-scoring record and all that stuff, uh, I think it'll be it'll be exciting to see where his market goes. Go ahead, Nate. Um, so, real quick question for you. So, you expand the field. Mm-hmm. Now, like this has worked well for teams in the past where you expand the field in March Madness from 64 to 68. And one of the first four in ends up going on a on a somewhat miraculously run to like the Sweet 16. Right. But <clears throat> I feel like professional sports is a different animal. And I feel like even if you expand the field, if you weren't going to be able to make it in before, are you really going to be able to make it in? Are you really going to be able to do anything once you make it in? Remember, maybe you win a a game. Nate, this isn't the NBA. This isn't the NBA where they're playing a best of series, you know, where like it generally is going to be, you know, the the best game. I mean, the elimination games are one game. So you do have the group play, right? You got to place top two in your group, at least as of right now. I don't know what the restructured format, what that leads to. Maybe they grab a couple like third place teams or something like that. I don't know. I'd have to see. I don't know if there's grab, you know, grabbing two more groups in general. But either way, like, let's just say that. Three games, and yet two of them you get lucky. You just have lower goal scoring chances, but you convert them, and the other team does, and you get to the round of 16, and boom, luck again. Like, I think it's a type of tournament where lightning can strike and can lead to something, just for my okay. opinion. Uh, Jordan, how hot 
of a take is it Luca over Giannis? I'd say from people that buy Luca's cards not that have a take, or from Dallas Mavericks fans, but from a normal NBA perspective, I'd say pretty hot take. Or from a biased Bucks perspective, which is both of us. <clears throat> That's who. Hard to debate that when you're both a Mavericks fan, Jordan, or a Bucks fan, us. <laughs> yeah. Quinton, will Herbert's prices rise? Will Herbert's price rise more? And what about Mac Jones? Uh, I think Herbert might be compared to. Were we just oh Burrow? Uh, yeah, I mean it just depends on how the Chargers do. Obviously, like he's got the stats, he's got the talent. Uh, can the Chargers convert to the playoffs and also do well in the playoffs? What about Mac Jones? Uh, Nate, really quick about Mac Jones and any quarterback that's not putting up great stats. Big reality check for their markets, like huge reality check for their markets right now. I think a lot of people came in the season trying to make those plays on those quarterbacks, trying to figure out which ones are going to do well. I think it wasn't that hard maybe to see, at least from Mac Jones' perspective, that you know he could be successful giving Belichick's system, but the stats aren't really going to be as big as these other guys to a Lamar type of deal. And uh, I think his prices are definitely suffering because of it, even with the Patriots being one-on-one. Um, you just can't keep up those prices if you're not dropping multiple touchdowns. And they barely beat the Steelers yesterday. And they, yeah, and they barely beat the Steelers, <laughs> Steelers yesterday. Good point. Do you think Mbappe's rookie cards will have room to grow, or is he already hitting his peak? Holland is undervalued. This guy's a freak. I think that Mbappe, almost, I know his autographs are selling for a ton right now of the first Topps Chrome set and everything like that. I almost feel like with all the heat on Holland right now, it would make sense to look at Mbappe and see what type of cards of his you might be able to snag <laughs> before the World Cup or for the long term because the guy's uber talented. I mean, he can do a lot on the pitch now. He's really really technically sound and has a lot of skills a lot of people the biggest gripe with holland is that you know he scores goals because of his physicality and it kind of reminds me of Giannis's. you know people who try to like tear down Giannis and stuff like he's that he's only good because he's tall and he dunks yeah which obviously Giannis is extremely skilled but guess what there has been other big athletes in the nba there's been other big athletes in soccer and everything like that who don't do what Giannis or holland does you need yep. skill to be able to do that some of holland's aerial uh, goals, you know, with kicking the ball when he's in midair. Is I just saw insane. that goal he had the other day. Yeah. That was insane. The one where he, like, hit – he was foot in the – like, above his head and yeah. then, like, gets it off the side of the foot and directs it the other way. Yeah, yeah. It was not luck. That was <laughs> straight skill right there. He put it right where it needed to be. Um, But in general, I, I think that, yeah, Mbappe's cards do have room <laughs> to grow, especially if he can get a back-to-back World Cup. Not saying it'll happen, but he's got a chance to. And then uh, what he's able to do once he maybe moves to Real Madrid, you know, his contract's two years at PSG. What's up, Nate? Uh, real quick, you 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 brought up my biggest pet peeve ever, and that is people that say Giannis is only good because he's tall. If he was six inches shorter, he wouldn't even be in the NBA. Number one, he's not six inches shorter. And number two, <laughs> if it was just because he was tall – Boban Marjanovic and uh, Sean Bradley, RIP, would have been the best players in the NBA history. Yeah, pretty much. You know? he, his body control at that size with those handles, that vision, that passing ability, finishing ability, it's just unbelievable, actually. I think that it actually shows how skilled he is, given that he's that big and can control his body that well in the lane. Yeah. I know he gets a lot of offensive fouls, but I think that's almost just a volume thing at that point obviously he drives the lane a lot and yeah maybe he can control a little bit more but still i mean i see a guy do things that you never think a seven footer could do uh wait wait tech tech i know what a bicycle kick is this was not a bicycle kick yeah yeah it was not a bicycle bicycle kick although i would like to see how i'm pull one off wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it sean bradley that uh are you sure 
Wasn't he the one that got in a bicycle accident? I think he's still alive. I think he's still alive. Who's the really... Oh, he's just paralyzed? Oh. Oh. I thought he died. Who said that? I don't even see it. He's paralyzed as a result of a bike accident. My bad, guys. Oh, you Googled it. Well, either way. Hope he uh, is doing okay. Not being in the EPL hurts Mbappe and less touches with Neymar may be messy long-term. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Mbappe will get a move to Real Madrid here eventually. We'll see what he can do in La Liga. La Liga, definitely, like, you do well there, and I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean something. All right, next one. From one card, one story. Unless you make your money in flipping, never buy an NFL card until after a player's fifth season. This is interesting. Nate, what do you have to say about that? Uh, well, I'd say Mr. Tom Brady agrees with you. You can look at that graph. Uh <coughs> And you can see how consistent it was. 2000, obviously, isn't on there. It starts in 2004. But 2004 up till, what is that, 2016? Pretty yeah. much a similar price. Um, and we're, you know, we're 16 years in before it spikes. And obviously, that's market market and everything. But still, um, I mean, I, I, I do kind of tend to agree with them. If you are in the flipping game, yeah, you want to buy those quarterbacks early. But it's like people throwing around... $21,000 for a Trey Lance gold before the season even starts. Game number one, he looks terrible, conditions aside. Game number two, he breaks his leg or breaks his ankle. Yeah. Um, I definitely think you're going to miss out potentially on a Joe Burrow situation, but you also will know, you know, who you should, where you should put your, your eggs in which basket um, based on how they're doing and at a decreased price, you'd assume too, versus a huge market pop. Unless, unless they keep on building from there, you know, you never know. But even Mahomes, if you waited till you know now, you'd be buying it less than it was when he won for a Super Bowl. It's true. Merlin retail will be better than hobby. This is for 2020 uh, or 2021 Merlin Chrome because in 2020 Merlin did tout blaster boxes out in the wild and on Think Online too. And I did hear that Merlin Chrome blasters. Well, I did not rip any. We're pretty darn effective. And I heard this year, too, you're getting like a color of blaster around there or something like that numbered. Um, and I don't know if these are hobby only inserts. I haven't opened any of the 2021 yet. But the Renaissance insert looks sick from this year's Merlin. Kind of has a stained glass effect to it. But very cool insert. There's Messi. And uh, I know last year, 2020 Tops Chrome blaster boxes for Champions League specifically. People were finding Messi autos, Red Ob 10 Judes, just like a bunch of super sick stuff. I'd imagine that Merlin Chrome this year for retail will be a little similar where you can get nice stuff out of it. Um, better than hobby, that's up to the opener and, you know, what prices you're buying at. They probably just determine that. You know, you kind of have to open a lot to see, okay, if I put $2,000 into ripping retail or even holding retail or $2,000 into ripping Merlin hobby or holding hobby, you know, what pans out better? It's kind of hard to figure it out if you're doing one box here, one box there. But uh, interesting take from copping cards that we'll have to see how that plays out as retail starts to hit shelves. I don't know the actual price of these 2020 boxes, mm-hmm. but um, I think the asking price for the blaster was like $80, and the asking price for the other, the hobby box was 300 Yeah, it's like 280 300 on there for those uh, hobby boxes of 2020, and then blasters, it appears to be open market around $70. So, so uh, it's, it's like, would you take four blasters and hope you get better cards than a hobby box? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd say in a hobby, you're pretty much looking at, obviously, the auto. And then maybe four colors, five at the most, if you get the auto color. Um, 
you know, you're ripping four blasters and you're hoping for at least the color of blaster will you get two. I guess that's what determines that. Um, it'd be interesting. Ooh, uh, Jordan, I like this. Nate, your RJ status crazy. Was that in Milwaukee? So by RJ, he means Randy Johnson. Did you see my story today, Aaron? I did. I remember you told me like at one point a while ago you saw that that home run live. Yeah. So I uh, 19 years ago today, I witnessed Randy Johnson's only career home run live at Miller Park. It's yeah, my small pretty, claim to fame. It's pretty wild. Um, Joseph says that five-year theory means you're never buying a running back since the average lifespan is four years. And, yes, that's pretty much true. You know, If you're doing the five-year thing with the running backs, you're probably looking to collect them after the career is pretty much done or at least their you know, prime years are done. At that point, you will be paying less than when they're super, super good. I can pretty much guarantee that. We've seen it with so many running backs. That first year or two is key for running backs and selling cards to them. Um, after that, you know, it depends if they can keep it up for a four-year stretch, but most can't, or five-year stretch. Uh, so that's a good point from Joseph. Global says the market value isn't in the top rookies in any sport. Do your research and actually watch matches to gain an advantage on the general flipping game. Looks like that Global says you should actually watch people play sports when buying their cards, which is actually a great idea, Global. <laughs> I like that. And I agree with that. I mean, there's no chance I'd be able to you know, buy and sell soccer cards like I did for the last few years or F1 cards, you know, and, and have a collection like that without really enjoying the sport or watching the sport and enjoying it like WWE. Never bought a WWE card. Maybe like a $1 card out of like a raw lot at a show or something at the very most, but I don't even know, I think I've done that before, you know? Like you really do need to be able to watch and enjoy it to really get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the red Renaissance SP to five? I don't know. I mean, it probably be serial numbered. I guess if it is red uh, five, you'd assume. I I don't know though. I haven't looked enough into Merlin for this year. Uh, all my cards suck. Says it's been said before, but in five years, ninety nine percent of modern cards will be worth less than today. Right. So I was I was trying to come up with how to tackle this, and I had a couple sassy ideas. Um, maybe grabbing prism base cards that were like a penny and say 99% because 99% are already a penny. So like, is it going to go that much lower? (laughs) Um, but I decided not to go that route. (coughs) Probably a good choice. What? It's a probably good choice. Yeah. Instead, I'll ask you this. So I didn't want to grab like Tom Brady or something like that. Um, LeBron James, but here we've got Giannis. Prism Gold, BGS 9.5, in May, and the Red PSA 7, Auto of Juan Soto, 144000 Both obviously very good players. Both have won championships. Um, Giannis has more individual accolades, but obviously both young, good players. Um, very good. Top five even. Uh, do you see a scenario where, you know, maybe these are the 1% he's talking about that will go up? Um, but do you see a scenario where like something like these two cards could be lower in five years than what they are right now? I mean, definitely. Uh, it just depends on how at least Juan Soto for, for certain, how his career, uh, you know, trends and Giannis as well. Um, let's just say if both of them kind of play as you'd expect, if you're buying that card, like you're buying the card cause you physically think that they're going to win, you know, win games, maybe in our world series, maybe get our NBA championship and at least add to our hall of fame resumes. Um, I think that from there, you just have to ask yourself, do you think that people are going to value rare cards as they do as of today for myself? I think, yes, you know, I'm a huge hobby lover. I love the cards. I love the market. I love how people get excited by it. 
And I see it growing, especially with Finex getting involved in how they're going to target more sports fans uh, to get into sports cards. Um, that's a big question you kind of have to ask yourself. And I think that with this specific hot take, 99% is obviously a lot. Um, but as Space Moose says, there are a bazillion cards of random players. Easily 99% will be less than this, less or the same as today. Those two cards are top 0.0001% of all cards. Today. And that's true. That is a very small example. And, and that's... Top. <clears throat> that's kind of why I grabbed him because saying 99% of modern cards will be worth less than today. Well, 99% of modern cards are already trash cards. Yeah. Like random base cards. I mean that that's already built into the equation is that there are a bajillion modern base cards that aren't worth anything. I've got that also, Hey, really quick to interrupt. That also could be a detractor for someone, you know, looking to get into the market. Like how do I find out that, that Marcus Thurman stadium club, uh, Chrome. This is the type of card that you take and you swing across the room and it doesn't matter because it's already worth a penny. Or how about a uh, and, Bruno, and Bruno it won't be, base? Yeah, it won't be worth less than a penny. In um, I mean, it's already technically worth less than a penny. Nobody's spending a penny on that card. But you get yeah. my point is that 99% of modern cards are already worth nothing. So you can't have less than nothing. Yeah, but from a perspective, I will say this. Yes, players generally go through a phase of growth. They hit like a peak at some point, and then they kind of start to slowly decline there until retirement. On the other hand, you have Tom Brady, who kind of was pretty flat, and then boom, hit a huge spike, you know, all that yeah. stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. There's definitely going to be a lot of cards that are worth less than they are today. There's no question about it. There's also going to be new products that are coming out with new players. They're then gaining value. It's just, you know, it's just going to keep going like that, basically. Yep. Carson Smith, 14-7. Justin Fields is the best NFL QB from this draft class. Not the best in college, but good in NFL. Nate, what do you have to say? As somebody who just watched Justin Fields play last night, <clears throat> and he went 7 for 11, that is, not a, that is not a misquote. Justin Fields against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers threw 11 times. If you ever while, thought you were going to win. I was going to say while losing, too. While losing. Um... I mean, I don't they don't they clearly don't trust him enough to have him throw the football. Um his weapons, uh Darnell Mooney, his best wide receiver, ended the day with negative four yards catching uh, or receiving on one pass. And so like <clears throat> they don't trust him. His one redeeming quality is he does have the most rushing yards at four hundred sixty eight um amongst all of the rookie QBs from last year, not including Kellen Mond. Shout out. Is this uh, is this last year's numbers or is this this year and last year combined? I I guess this might just be last year's. <laughs> Tough to say. Um, I assumed it was. I I well no I no because Trevor Lawrence wouldn't have four thousand yards last year probably. Probably no. Probably not. Yeah. I assumed it was both because I just went on and grabbed the twenty twenty draft and then they usually just uh, stack all stats on top of each other for a career. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all I got to say is what Justin Fields has shown so far, and especially last night with only 11 passing attempts, when you need him to throw one of those passing attempts ended up being an interception. He got out of a sack, uh, escaped the pocket and then proceeded to throw it right to Jared Alexander. I think we are at a possibility. Well, we'll get on to that in the next question, but I, I Carson, I do think this is a very hot take. I do have to say, I mean, you look up in five years and 
I don't know, Nate, Trevor Lawrence, if the Jaguars can build around, it might be the only one left standing if, if things don't pan out properly for the rest. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people are spending a lot of money on those six guys. Well, that's the next question. If you want to flip to it. Oh, none of the QBs taken from the last two drafts will turn out to be elite. Some may be solid, but that's it. I, I, I kind of tend to agree. I mean, who on this, obviously, Sam Howell and Bailey Zapp and Coral and Willis and Ryder and Pickett haven't played. Um, but you don't become, you know, you're they're they're not third and above round picks. And Kenny Pickett, the first pick in a draft at number 20 because they're good in college, you know, because they're superstars. So irregardless of them, it's more important to look at the Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. <clears throat> I mean, Davis Mills would have been the second QB drafted this year. From a from a pick position standpoint, yeah. From a pick perspective, I see what you're saying. Um, and of all those guys, has any one of them? I mean, Trevor Lawrence just had his first good game of his career this weekend, yeah. and one against the Colts team that we still are trying to figure out if they're actually good or not. Yeah, Zach Wilson hasn't been playing. Mac Jones has been pretty disappointing this year, and he has Bill Belichick as his coach. Davis Mills is better than we thought but it you know it's still not it's still not exciting and then trey lance is obviously injured and wasn't good last week and he has basically not played any games he's played like five games in the last three years yeah three calendar years because of his his fluky college uh career um i mean it, there's a real possibility that quite literally none of these guys are good and there's two full seasons of um Zero quarterbacks being talented, you know. I mean, I remember 20, 2013 football card year, Tops Croman stuff. You're looking at like Geno Smith and Cardell Jones and a couple other guys who I'd have to pull out of the thin air to grab me you on know, the names of. I know people were buying them now, they might not have been buying them to the level people were buying Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. They probably weren't as you know good as those guys in either college or whatever, anyways. But still, like that's a that's a draft class that completely had zero quarterbacks ever even really made it. I mean, Geno Smith obviously is starting off with Seahawks, but like no one's really buying Geno Smith cards from like an actual like investment perspective. Um, and, that, and that was before people spent, you know, five hundred thousand dollars on a Prism rookie. Uh, yeah, black stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, it is possible that they don't pan out. Like it very is possible. Um, and teams look at different options eventually. World Cup. Then this one's from Manny. Uh, our, our guy Manny, this is the last one here actually, I uh, added at the very end uh, he texted me as he said it wouldn't let him submit it because it's too long, but he said World Cup won't produce a huge uptick in the soccer market like everyone thinks, and I said Manny did you listen or read our monthly market report on 137pm.com or on Card Talk Podcast he said he did not, and he had the exact same thought that we had Um, you know, for basically I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time because I've explained in different live streams and everything, but basically what it comes down to is that uh, a lot of people are looking to sell at one time and the economy and how all that stuff has shifted has definitely made for an interesting time to have the World Cup happen where it's not a super, super hot sports car market from like a like, you know, everything trending up in value perspective. And a lot of people are going to be looking to get that money out if they're not true soccer fans or football fans. And I do think a lot of people are going to be looking to sell around the World Cup because they tagged 2022 is when they want to sell their soccer cards. So irregardless of if these cards are up or down in the last year, I do feel like we'll see a lot of supply. Um, and on the flip side, kind of think it might be a buying opportunity come the end of the world cup you know to maybe load up for the next you know club seasons or world cup in 2026 it might be an interesting opportunity if enough good cards hit the supply 
or if not, <laughs> the supply hits the market at one time. So all I got to say is, you know, be on the lookout if you are a uh, soccer fan. Yeah, Nate. Quick, quick question for you. Um, so Erling Holland won't be playing at all during the World Cup? Nope. And how long is the World Cup? One month. Just November. So one whole month of no Erling Holland. Do you think that his prices will drop a little bit in one month where he becomes the buying opportunity? Yeah, I mean, you could see a, you could probably see like a 10% drop. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You know, on his cards, that maybe aren't like super, super, super rare. Um, especially if people do think that he is playing the World Cup if they didn't know that and bought him anyways to sell. And then they go to sell him. And then there's a lot more than what we might think because maybe people did think he was in the World Cup. You know, we're holding him. So we really don't know at this moment, obviously. But then we'll find out pretty soon here in the next month and a half or so. And to end the episode, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time, Nate is going to be on Whatnot ripping some Merlin Chrome and some Stadium Club Chrome Soccer, two of my favorite sets from last year's soccer releases for Tops, and two of my favorite sets for this year's. 2021 looks really good for Merlin. There's some awesome uh, match ball autographs with authentic match balls from Champions League football, which is really cool to see. And then there's also awesome inserts this year. And then with Stadium Club, they add beam teams, which are super sick. I pulled a couple myself. So that should be fun. Nate, some team breaks. And then on Wednesday, uh, we know that the Topps Chrome release was very interestingly, you know, expensive. And maybe there's no sh- super short prints of there. Bobby Witt and uh, Spencer Torkelson and, and Julio Rodriguez and stuff. But all we got to say is that if you are looking to get Topps Chrome, a good price and maybe the price of, uh, you know, what, what the market, you know, kind of reflects of it. Um, be sure to come on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time on our whatnot channel because Nate will be selling 50% off uh, packs from the retail tops price, $6 per hobby pack uh, for 2022 tops Chrome Baseball, 144 of them to be exact. Hopefully Nate can find some rare cards in here for you all, but at the very least, it'll be a cheap opportunity to maybe hit a nice auto of Franco, Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, those guys. I like it. Should be a fun time. And I'm excited to crack into it, uh, especially at a cheaper rate for everyone because I don't know what to expect, but cheap packs are cheap packs. So it should be fun. Let's see what happens. I want to thank everyone once again for coming to uh, tonight's episode, 100th episode here. We did a sports card community hot take episode to dedicate this episode to you all for being here, supporting and uh, helping us, you know, do this content every single week you know it, it, it's a lot of time from everyone involved not only us but you all too coming and sitting here so we appreciate it a lot and those listening on podcasts podcasts later we appreciate it as well and we will leave it with one last hot take here from gabriel hot take joe flacco leads the jets to this year's super bowl change my mind i think it's such a hot take i can't even thinking i can't even change his mind his mind right now hey he's already led one team to a super bowl what's another <laughs> why not another <laughs> All right, everyone, thank you so much for watching. We will see you all next in the Sunday Flip Quest Live at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time here on the Slab Sox YouTube channel. See you guys.